WMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Why didn't the world end on December 21st? Is that really what the Mayans or anyone else actually predicted? Are there, in fact, end of the world uh, as we know it, events going on right now under our noses during this time? Hey there, and welcome to the 414th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those unexpected questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this evening, we welcome two of our old friends to help us do our post-mortem on the 2012 Mayan prophecy. Or is the story over yet? Well, we uh, still we've had a little trouble trying to get Diurlan on the phone. Uh, however, we do have Dr. Chris Keating, whom we will introduce in just a moment. Uh, we'll try to get uh, Diurlan during the break, and uh, there's there's uh, some sort of mysterious technical thing going on because Ben was able to call him on the cell phone. Anyway, we have two distinguished authors on the subject today, both of whom have been with us before. Uh, taking them alphabetically, I'll introduce the Yorlan first, even though he isn't here. He's the author of Heaven's Wave, a novel of the Doomsday Prophecy of 2012. Uh, he has spent much of his life in serious academic studies of theology, political science, and history, particularly those of the Mayans. He spent over 30 years in banking, holds a degree from the American Institute of Banking. He is now retired and has dedicated uh, more time to his writing lately. Also with us is Dr. Christopher Keating, a professor of physics with 20 years' experience, having published several scientific papers. His experience as a teacher includes nearly all topics in undergraduate physics, space science, and astronomy. He has also served for over 30 years in the U.S. Navy and Naval Reserve, working principally as an analyst in naval intelligence. His years of duty include service in the physics department at the U.S. Naval Academy and mobilizations for Operation Desert Storm, Enduring Freedom, and Iraqi freedom. He lives in Texas. His book is Dialogues on 2012, Why the World Will Not End. And apparently he was right. Dr. Chris Keating, and soon to be Dierlon, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you. Glad to be here. Oh, it's always good to have you. So, uh, I can hear Dr. Keating uh, starting our discussion with a big I told you so, and Dierlon countering with I never said the world would end and neither did the Mayans. Am I correct, Chris? Uh, that's pretty pretty accurate. Uh, <laughs> okay. Erlon did say in previous interviews that he was not predicting that the world would end. He, but he did say he believed that there would be a, uh, a a shift. There would be some some major event that would occur. Well, I know. I my I don't know about Ben, but my contention all along has been that. The world is changing all the time. There are always shifts going on. The momentum of history shows that, you know, populations change, nations rise as a change, nations rise and fall. Uh, empires seem to move, uh, oddly enough, from the east to the west. You started with the, the Babylonians and the Assyrians as the first ones we know about. Greece, Rome, the British, us, and now the Chinese. I mean, whatever the point of that is, I don't know, but that does seem to be a pattern. Uh, so um, you're just—I mean—can you say, um, "Am I am I right?" I mean, things are I mean, nothing is really static, and maybe people were misinterpreting things, or what did the Mayans actually say? Well, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, just stop and think about it. A hundred years ago, the World War One had not even started yet. 
<clears throat> so that gives you an idea of how much things can change and how rapidly they can change. So change is constant and the world is, is going to be radically different uh, in, in only a few years from now than it is right now. But things will be happening and things will change that we can't even imagine. And that will happen in our lifetimes. We're not talking you know, multiple lifetimes from now. So yeah. uh, things, they do change. And uh, in fact, we see that change is happening even more rapidly than it used to. As for the Mayans, it, this is one of the, the big myths. None of the stuff was even Mayan. It was Olmec. It was an Olmec calendar. And that calendar had been around a, well over a thousand years before the Maya had ever shown up. Basically what happens is people, uh, they want to hear that the world's going to end. You, if you go out here and you tell people that the world's going to end, they listen. If you tell people the world's not going to end, they're not interested. And it's, uh, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's just an interesting phenomena that people are drawn to all this. Uh, you go and look at the movies and movies of, the world ending and cataclysms and zombie invasions and stuff. Those are big sellers. <clears throat> you have a movie where nothing happens and no one goes to watch it. It's, it's <laughs> well, that's the... good old entertainment. You know, every, first, every, first of all, everybody loves a mystery. Right. Secondly, uh, our uh, dear cousin H.P. Lovecraft here in Rhode Island has said that people have a sort of um, uh, pleasure with reading a horror story or seeing a film that has uh, disaster. Everybody else is getting hurt, but you, and you know that you're safe, and that's part of the enjoyment of of the story. That's one of the amazing things about all of these predictions that the world is going to end. People will come out and say this. Almost every single one of them assumes that they're going to be around. They're going to be one of the survivors. You never that's hear right. you never hear one of these people come out and say, "Oh, the world's going to end, and I'm going to be one of the victims." Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you, you, what you're saying is correct. And, you know, I love H.P. Lovecraft. He was one of my early uh, favorite authors. And, you know, and, I, and I read those kinds of things, and I love them. I love to read science fiction. I love to read horror stories, Dean Koontz, things like that, mm -hmm. stay up late at night. But the difference is, is that I know they're entertainment. I know they're not real. I go to haunted houses at, at Halloween. I know the monsters aren't real. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Don't get sucked into these things and start thinking that they're real. If you're doing it for entertainment, that's great. Entertainment's a wonderful thing, but don't take it seriously. Okay, now, now, uh, getting serious about this question, uh, I mean, we uh, we we had a guest uh, just last week, and uh, he was saying that there are eight. He had a background such as yours. Uh, this is uh, David Stevens. He's a former F-18 pilot, Navy man, and also an astrophysicist. And he said there are eight different scenarios that he has that uh, could not necessarily end the world but you know do a lot of damage and Set put us a major back quite a few years. major dent in the place and one of them, of course the asteroid and, and number 2 oddly enough he had as as um artificial the artificial intelligence. intelligence because with what's going on with artificial first of all you you were in the military too you, you know that you know we're the public knows about uh well, anyway, the, the technology is usually about 10 years ahead of what people generally know about. He said the artificial intelligence technology is, is uh, really uh, has a, a possible ominous future because it could, I suppose, do what they used to do in the B movies from the 50s and 60s, kind of you know, learn to feel and think and take over, that sort of thing. 
And uh, nuclear explosions, he only uh, or war, he only ranks as number three. Uh, what say you about all these scenarios? Uh, because there's the what are, what are some of the other things you're talking about? Uh, plague, um, natural disasters. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of super volcanoes, all that. things like that. Yeah, uh, asteroids. That was number one, actually. Asteroid was number one. Yeah, because yeah. Was it an asteroid or a comet? Well, whatever. We've made it. The point is that that there could be some sort of cataclysm, but. Uh, how predictable could these things be? And I'm sure you agree, Chris, that uh, you know, there are dangers that, that could face us very in a very uh, macro, well, he, uh, serious manner. His idea was that this whole um, craze over the 2012 thing was actually good because it made people realize their own mortality. Would you agree with that statement? No, I wouldn't. Um, I don't think any... I, I think it was destructive. I think it was harmful. I, and it's hard for me to go and picture that any real good comes out of uh, things like this. Um, you know, it's kind of like Harold Camping's thing uh, back in 2011 when he predicted the rapture based on his interpretation of numbers in the Bible, which is very suspect if you ever went and looked at his analysis. But, uh, you know, there was people that took it seriously and they, uh, they, uh, completely wiped out their finances. Uh, and then afterwards, mm-hmm. afterwards, when nothing happened, they were totally flabbergasted. They're com- confused at why this rapture didn't occur. And they were broke. They were flat broke. They'd given all their money away. They'd given their homes away, given their cars away, quit their jobs. And, uh, and nothing good can possibly come of that. And so, okay, you, you've learned your own mortality. Well, you can do that by having a near miss with a car. You don't have to go. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to have an economic disaster to do that. Try driving what, in Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> Get religious for, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I've been up there. I know. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> well, that's right. You have family here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, I, no, I, I tend to, uh, I tend to agree with you, Chris. Uh, you know, scaring, as you say, for entertainment, that's one thing. But there's always going to be someone who can't tell the difference. I know of many people who, as you say, were, were a super survivalists, uh, kind of lost everything in this. They had such faith in this that they um, that, that they just gave it all up. And and one thinks back, this is not the first time that's occurred. Uh, in the year 999, uh, the you know 1000 was the first millennium right. was going to end. Everybody had flipped. And people headed for the hills and in the Europe and all this was, you know, and of course nothing happened. So, I mean, so it's a matter of, uh, you know, magical thinking can, can get in the way of critical thinking. But perhaps there was a change so minuscule, nobody even knew it. Well, that's, that's the next question, uh, which we will take up after the break. We're going to see if we can't get to Ireland during the break as well, but you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio with our guest, Dr. Chris Keating, and we'll try to get to Ireland for you when we come back. Stay with us. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. 
powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. 
And we are back, and we have Dearlon with us. Uh, so we have both our guests, Dr. Chris Keating and Dearlon. And we are we sort of spent uh, Dearlon the uh, first part of the show saying uh, Chris was explaining, and uh, I told you so. And what do you say? Uh, yeah, I told you so too. <laughs> We're not here, are we? The, the world is gone. No. <laughs> um, well, as I explained the the, the first uh, time we talked, Chris. Prove otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> as I explained the first time we talked. Two, two points uh, that I explained before. Number one is the book is fiction, but two, I did base it on a lot of facts, and I believe those facts are working out as we speak. I never thought December 21st held any water. I really didn't. But it was the entire period, which I say in the back of my book, the entire period around this time that is very dangerous to the Earth. And I, I think we're maintaining it, and I have some proof of that tonight. Okay, uh, Chris. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't know about you, Chris. I'd like to hear the proof. I would. I would love to hear this proof. Okay. Take it all right. Go ahead, Hello. Okay. Well, uh, two things. Uh, one thing I, w- I was going to give you, uh, as you know, the the title of my book is Heaven's Wave, and I always maintained that uh, it was going to be a period, as is stated both in the factual and and the. Um, uh, the non-factual part of my book it was going to affect people's minds more than anything else. I think if you if you look at the world, the first thing I picked up on, and I've been uh, following this all along, um, the world now has, and you can check this, it now has more active military conflicts going on around the earth right now than it has had at any time in all of history except during periods of World War One and World War Two. There are 38 active military conflicts around the world. And I have every one of them listed here if you want to hear about them. And 52, if you call, if you call in all of the what's called minor military conflicts, everyone's tearing at each other's throat. Everyone. Um, that's one thing. No, we certainly are in this country. And, well, the other thing is, I was going to bring this up later, but since you mentioned it, Paul, um, the... The locomotive of the world, the driving force of the world through the 20th century has been the United States of America. No one could even ever imagine it changing its, its political or economic direction. It seems to be changing almost overnight. If the United States of America keeps on its present course and does collapse, and, you know, I did major in political science. I say the U.S. is going to break up within a decade if we keep on our, on our present course the locomotive of the world is going to collapse. And what is that going to do? What does that leave us with? China? China wants nothing except for China. Um, we have big problems in this world if the U.S. breaks up or doesn't continue as the, lo- as the economic and political uh, locomotive of the world. But there's a third thing. One of my neighbors, believe it or not, pointed out to me. I didn't even realize this. I told him I was going to be on, and he said, have you checked the volcanoes? I said, what? What are you talking about? He said, if you go on a site called, what the heck is it now? Hang on. You go on a site called uh, Volcano Discovery, they get all of their information directly from NASA. He said, yeah. You should go on the site and take and check it. Well, I did. And it turns out that the usual number of active volcanoes going off in the world at any one time is five to six. There are now 14, the usual numbers of serious volcanoes that they're watching for potential eruption is about a dozen or so there are now 23 and increasing 
and three of them are calderas, the type of volcanoes that when they go off, any one of them going off would change the entire, uh, it would just uh, change the world. It would throw the world into a, 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 uh, into a winter, a, a volcanic winter, a geological winter. And uh, the, the sites are available. I also have every one of those volcanoes. South America is going crazy right now because of a volcano called Chihuahua, which is on the Chilean-Argentine border. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it's an ancient caldera, which in its time was the second largest caldera ever to go off. They're watching it because not only would it go off with the, with the power of about 30 hydrogen bombs, it also has nine adjacent volcanoes north and south of it, which have never rumbled at the same time as Chihuahua. If Chihuahua goes off with the power they think it's going to go off at, all ten of them will go off, and it'll wipe out three-quarters of South America. They're, they're, the volcan- volcanists from all over the world are down there looking at this thing. They're terrified of it. So, you know, I think I brought that in. I didn't even, I didn't even realize this. I didn't check this until just about a week ago. All right, well, well let's give Chris a chance okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, to Go ahead, respond. Chris. Go. Yeah, Chris, uh, what say you? So, yeah, I'd like to comment on all three of these points. First, the uh, military activity. Um, and, th- and that's not a true statement. We're actually more at peace today than we've ever been at in the entire history of humanity. Uh, you go and you, you list your, your argument is there are more armed conflicts, which in itself is not a true statement. But also you have to go and look at the, the size of the armed conflicts. Some of these armed conflicts are very small, very minor. Uh, on the scale of, of world humanity, they're insignificant. Uh, you know, World War I was an armed conflict. A couple mm-hmm. of tribes fighting each other in Pakistan is also an armed conflict. Clearly, these are not the same thing. So when you go and you look at the magnitude of how many people are fighting and how many people are dying as a percentage of the population, the, the fact is, is the armed conflict is the, the lowest it's been in all of recorded history. Uh, let's go to the, uh, the breakup of the United States. Uh, I, I cannot possibly conceive of the United States breaking up. I, I would certainly could not. the Romans, Chris. Well, <clears throat> you know, uh, not, within, uh, not within our lifetimes, not within a couple of lifetimes. Now, if you want to talk about the United States falling into uh, less of a leadership role, one of the things he said was wrong. The United States was not the driving force in the 20th century. Uh, Britain was the major driving force all the way up until World War II. The United States didn't become a major economic power in the world until after World War II. And that was principally because all the rest of the world was so devastated and we were not. Well, all that has fallen to the wayside and we see all these other countries have recovered and they're becoming powerful and there, there, there's no longer this disparity between the economic uh, fitness of the United States and the other countries. We've made a lot of bad decisions. Our debt is, is a burden. But this is not a cataclysm. It's not going to lead to the end of the world. Next on the, the one uh, on volcanism. And what you're saying is not true. You can go to the USGS sites. And you can go on and check out the, uh, the activity. Check out the NASA site. It's, this is on NASA well, site. NASA doesn't monitor volcanoes from the ground. All they have are satellites that monitor the Earth. <clears throat> if you go and you look at USGS sites, and one of the things, one of the reasons it gives the appearance of 
increase vulcan, volcanic activity is you have to go and look at where some of these new volcanoes, quote, new volcanoes are. And they're in regions of the world where we don't monitor. For instance, Kamchatka Peninsula is one of the most volcanic active regions in the whole world. Three volcanoes okay. going off there now. Oh, there's volcanic eruption virtually every day uh, in Kamchatka Peninsula. I've been out there and I've, I've witnessed uh, volcanic eruptions, but it, was, it is a very remote region and things aren't monitored out there. And well, all of a sudden we start monitoring and what you've done is you give the appearance that volcanic activity has increased, not because volcanic activity increased, but because you increase the uh, the breadth of your your database, you're now monitoring a greater portion of the world. Even in places like Indonesia, heavily populated, the most volcanic uh, country in the world, there are regions in uh, in Indonesia where we just don't monitor, and that's starting to spread. We're starting to do more and more monitoring. Uh, this volcano in in South America, this is a classic example where a little bit of science goes and goes a long ways. So you talk about volcanologists are all rushing down there to study it. Well, that's what volcanologists do. Volcanologists study volcanoes. There's a volcano, they're there, they're, and they're studying it. <clears throat> so is, is it going to wipe out South America? No, it's not. There are only a, a very small handful of, of volcanoes in the entire world that are capable of causing widespread devastation. And Chihuahua is one of them. In their, in their immediate area, Yes, they can cause devastation, but what we would call a super volcano, there's less than six in the world, worldwide, that we uh, that we know of. And the thing about uh, super volcanoes is, you're talking about so much magma and uh, and so much energy. These are not things that happen overnight. For instance, Yellowstone, uh, it you know varies between. 500,000 to 1.2 million years between uh, eruptions. So these are not things that happen quickly. It happened, you know, the Earth, the Earth, uh, one, one million years to the Earth is a blink of the eye. Uh, I agree. It takes, it takes its time. And for us to sit here and say that all of a sudden these volcanoes are going to erupt in our lifetime, it does, the, the physics and the science simply does not support that conclusion. This is, uh, you know, what I call fear mongering. It's uh, taking a little bit of, of, of information and scaring yourself, scaring other people. And it really doesn't serve any purpose. A good uh, example of it is, uh, I, I believe it was Mammoth Lakes in California a number of years ago, 20, 30 years ago, where the scientists came out and say, hey, this is starting to become active. And what they're talking about is active tens of thousands of years down the road. Well, all of a sudden, people started selling off all of their land in Mammoth Lakes, and the, the economy in that area actually uh, took a severe downturn because people thought this place was going to erupt overnight. And the geologists, the volcanologists, were all out there saying, no, 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 thousands of years from now. And, you know, of course, we see now that that's exactly what's happening is, you, okay, we can see stuff that's starting to happen in the ground. We can find the vibrations, increased heat, things like that. And this takes a long, long time to go and manifest itself into an eruption. Okay, well, 
Uh, we have to take another break, but uh, we do have the better part of a minute. Dearlon, why don't you uh, begin your response, and we'll pick it up after the break. I'll just have to interrupt you when the time comes. Caught a show out of the U.K. last week. The U.K. is terrified, and you can check with any, any university there. They're sending a ton of people to Iceland to look at Katla, uh, which is, of course, Iceland is all volcano. Uh, yeah, they we were, were afraid just of there. They were afraid of a major eruption on Katla, uh, one of those volcanoes that was once a caldera, and uh, they're looking at six other volcanoes around it. It doesn't even have to fully erupt, they said, to wipe out Europe. It will just send a, an ash cloud over Europe that will send Europe into a, a winter that will last three to five years if it happens. Okay, I'm oh, afraid we'll, not... have to, we'll have to uh, interrupt the uh, duel of the titans here. Uh, we will be right back. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio with our guests, Dr. Chris Keating and novelist Dearlon. We'll be right back. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. When you were young and your heart was an open book, you used to say, live and let But if there's ever changing world which we live in makes you give in and cry Say live and let die Live and let die
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Well, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. And we have our dueling... Uh, friends here. We have uh, Chris Keating, Dr. Chris Keating, physicist, uh, and also the novelist Dierlan, who's also a Mayan uh, expert in the uh, traditions of that people. And we're talking about why the world didn't end or did it in December, <laughs> uh, or will it, or whatever is happening. So we're having the uh, discussions now about volcanoes, and we're giving uh, Dierlan a chance to respond to uh, to Chris from the previous uh, part of the show. And so go ahead, uh, Dierlan, you were talking about the Icelandic uh, volcanic situation. Yes, Catla is very, uh, very active right now. It's under uh, intense watch, and and it isn't so much. It, how can I put? It's not so much they're afraid it's really going to erupt completely. What what Britain, well, what what the, the this British show said, and what a lot of Europeans are afraid of is that it's just going to start throwing up incredible amounts of ash into the upper atmosphere, which would of course drift over Europe and throw Europe into a winter that could last anywhere from three to five years. Uh, Didn't even that almost a major eruption. I'm sorry. Didn't didn't that almost happen in 2010? I mean, uh, yes, it did almost happen in 2010. That's correct. But it's more active now than it was, and even without a major eruption, they're definitely afraid of what it might do to the uh, climate of Europe. Well, I don't know if that's the one that erupted, but when we were in Reykjavik a few months ago, you know, the thing's right next to the airport practically. You don't know, no wonder the thing. I believe it was Catla. I believe it was Catla that was going off in 2010. Well, and now it was. it's, it's even more steam coming out of it. It's kind of. I just thought it was funny that all the planes were named after the volcanoes. All, all the all the Iceland air planes are named after volcanoes, right? <laughs> so they they, they they have the right uh, look at the Hot bright jets, side. Okay, so uh, all right. Well, okay. Well, so so uh, I think, fellas, you know, you, you, either of you can be, both of you can be taken very seriously. The the bottom line is, we just don't know. Uh, anything can happen at any time. But let, let me, uh, let's go a little deeper into this. When we experience change today, particularly social change, technological change, is it different from the change the human race is used to simply because of the technology, particularly the weapons technology? Uh, I think we live in a time when, as far as we know, at least for the past few thousand years, this situation is unprecedented. Uh, Chris, we'll give you a chance to answer that a bit. And the, you know, the, the point being, is this is the change we are seeing different and perhaps less predictable than the usual change we've seen through history? No, I, in fact, I say exactly the opposite. The, the Earth is uh, cooling off, and we see that natural events are becoming uh, less and less frequent and less and less severe uh, outside of weather. Weather, because of global warming, weather is becoming more severe. Uh, but natural events, such like uh, such as this volcano in, in Iceland, uh, they're they're becoming less of a threat. Uh, as for sociological changes, even that is becoming more and more predictable. As we learn more, and you get more and more databases, data points, uh, we we can see what's going to happen more often, more more uh, accurately. Um, if you have only a few data points, it's very hard to predict what those data points are going to have, what they're going to do. But if you have a very large database, then you could start making predictions. And that's certainly true of human beings as well. It's hard to go and predict what a single human being will do. But if you have billions of human beings, then you can make some pretty good accurate uh, predictions about what's going to happen. 
we are becoming, uh, the society, the earth is becoming more and more safe all the time. Crime is down. Financial stability is actually up, despite uh, what you might read. Uh, everything becomes, it appears that things are worse simply because we're in it. <clears throat> it's, it's worse than they're watching it. But if you step back and you take a look at what's happening today worldwide, and you compare it to what's happened historically, the fact of the matter is, these are the good old days. We are living just a, a wonderful life. Even in countries where there's economic chaos, people are living better than human beings have lived in all of history. Uh, and so it, it's you can't come and say, oh, the world's coming to an end because the United States has too much debt. France has too much debt. Spain, Greece, Italy, they all have too much debt. That just, uh, it isn't a factor. The fact of the matter is countries historically have taken on too much debt. The difference is, is that today when a country takes on too much debt and they they have to go and, and reset things, the impact on the people is much, much less severe than it has ever been in all of history. Right now, we're living a good life, and I, I don't see it changing. Okay. Do you want? Uh, I'm going to agree with Chris, actually, on that. Uh, we are living a good life, and more people are living a better life today than have ever lived before. But let's, let's look at it from a different point of view. Let's look at it, oh, what's a good comparison? I don't know. Cars just popped into my mind. So, suppose you had a, a, a 1905 Tin Lizzie, and you're, you're going along the roads back then. This is a wonderful development. And it's, uh, but it, you know, it wasn't too dependable. You know, you you keep breaking down. You could hit a rut back then and slam into a tree, and the the whole thing would come apart. And uh, it just wasn't uh, too safe or dependable to be chattering along or whatever on a, a road in 1905 in an old tin Lizzie. Today, however, we have a, a a wonderful modern automobile, very safe. We've got seat belts. We've got uh, you know the uh, the air balloons there. We're going along a highway at 90 miles an hour, and we're great. The problem is, if anything goes wrong when you're going 90 miles an hour, you don't just hit a tree and get out and swear at your car. You're pretty much disintegrated. Uh, you might live through it, and you might not, but you're you're not going to come out in the, the shape you came out in when you get into that car and took off on your trip. I think Earth is in the same situation, right? And human beings, Chris, human beings are always in denial. They look at the life they live and they say, you know, things are pretty good right now. Things aren't going to change. They really aren't. We have more nations with nuclear uh, energy, with, with uh, atomic bombs that are developing uh, atomic bombs. We have a, a nation called, I haven't even brought this up, Iran, who swears they're going to wipe out the United States and Europe once they get their bombs developed. Um, and they're very close to doing same. If if Israel stops them, they're going to turn their full fury on Israel. That alone could start a world war of incredible conflict. You know, it, it's true. Everything you said is true. People are eating better. They're leading better lives. All of these things are wonderful. But we're living on the edge. We we've developed powers that, if they get out of hand, can wipe out more people than ever before. And we have people who are willing to take that risk, unfortunately, of, of wiping out a lot of people to push their points of view across. As, as far as the, the volcanoes are concerned, I just clipped onto this about a week ago. <clears throat> to me, the fact that we have, you know, uh, two and a half times as many active volcanoes now as when they started uh, keeping uh, track of this in 1881, 
I don't know. I think that's that says something. You know, the Earth has had big problems with volcanoes before. Um, 65 million years ago, when the 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 comet or the uh, asteroid or whatever it was hit in the area of the Gulf of Mexico, it actually it it just destroyed the area just around it. What really, and, and this is the latest theory now, what really wiped out the dinosaurs and most of the life at the time was the fact that it set off, um, it, it set off waves inside, inside the, the core of the Earth of, of molten lava that set off volcanoes all around the Earth and caused a, uh, a, I suppose you could call it sort of a, a volcanic winter rather than a nuclear winter that probably lasted anywhere between 5 and 15 years and, and most of the life died. Uh, we're we're never prepared for the unprepared, uh, if you get my message. Okay, well, I want to give uh, Chris a chance to respond, but Ben wanted to make a point. All right. So we have Chris's point of view and Daryl's point of view. Now, let's say that the chain, the world's change was so small. None of this ever happens, but the world's change was so small that we didn't even notice it. For example, like a butterfly in South America, like teleports ten inches to the right, or something small like that that nobody would ever notice. Is that a possibility? Not the butterfly thing, but the whole, <laughs> but the, the point that something small like that, like that, does nothing whatsoever, could happen. Who are you addressing? Absolutely. Uh, well, let's go with Chris. Well, you know, to to go and say that something small happened that will lead to unforeseen changes, even large effects down the road. That I'm, I, I don't want to sound rude, but that's really a pretty trite thing to say. If you go back and you look. Almost all major events started with something small. Are there small things happening right now that are going to have major effects down the road? Absolutely. And we have no idea what they are. And, but that's not a, that is not a factor of the times. That is simply a, a historical note. <clears throat> you go back and you look at whatever, you know, World War I started with the shooting of a single guy in Sarajevo. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, Big things start out very small. There's very few things that start out as this enormous thing that makes the headlines. It's something that leads up to that big thing that that causes the headline. So, and this is the problem, is people take a, one or two bits of information and they, they ignore science. They reject science. They take those little piece of data points and they extrapolate the conclusion that they want to reach. <clears throat> they don't go and do their homework. They don't go and look at the science. They go and say there's more volcanic activity today in, than there was in 1880 when we first started recording, uh, starting this database. That's a, that's a totally misleading statement. The, the proper way to say that is that there are more recorded volcanoes today than there were in 1880. And the reason is, is because we simply weren't recording volcanoes in 1880. We didn't have the resources. The, you know, we didn't have the instruments. We didn't have the widespread satellite systems that we have. None of those things existed in 1880. That doesn't mean that there were fewer volcanic eruptions in 1880. It just means that we weren't recording them. When oh, we, I'm afraid. I'm sorry to interrupt, Chris. We have to take another break. But we will be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. We're going to introduce a subject that perhaps we haven't considered yet. Stay with us. Mondays are motivational. It all begins with you. 
And that's where the movement within featuring life coach April Claxton comes in. Join April and her uplifting guests Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Featured on Animal Planet, Court TV, Unsolved Mysteries, and The Hauntings, Psychic Barbara Mackey. Barbara is a sixth-generation psychic medium, animal psychic, and spirit communicator. Tune into Visions with Barbara Mackey at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. There are four corners, and Will and Nancy will take you there at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Existence is what we live for. Adventure is our journey. Metaphysical topics, inspiring and educational guest speakers, psychic readings, and more. Artie's the Party with Angels and Answers, Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Psychic readings and more. Join the fun. What goes bump in the night? Heidi knows. At 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Heidi Hollis's The Outlander will lunge into topics on all things outlandish and more. Call in or write Heidi to vent or get advice about your paranormally inspired curiosities or challenges. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call me 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we're back with Dr. Chris Keating and Deerlon, and we are carrying on the discussion, of course, about the uh, sort of our postmortem on the 2012 Mayan prophecy, and uh, Ben and I have promised this will be the last time we uh, do a show on this, but we did want it to, we thought a follow-up was, was required. I wanted to bring up, gentlemen, what's known in theology as the problem of evil. Whatever your theological positions might be, or your position on something as subjective as that, uh, we've seen a lot of examples lately of what I think is certainly uh, uh, an objective fact, and, and that's that many uh, undeniably evil acts have been witnessed uh, lately. And, of course, uh, we live in a time when everybody knows everything and information that gets transmitted very quickly into large numbers of people. But my other hat is that of a historian, and I honestly do not remember any time in American history when such wanton acts of, of, of senseless violence have been perpetrated on such large numbers of people, particularly children. And, of course, uh, yeah, we, we uh, have come out of a century where um, the Nazis were ramping across Europe, killing everybody, and the Julius Caesar was trying to you know, wrought havoc in, in Gaul against the population. I mean, sure, this has happened before, but it's just that what kind of a factor, what kind of a role does the factor of evil play in these scenarios we've been discussing, whether whether the the, the, uh, the lack of critical situations that could put a serious dent in the planet, or the presence of such conditions. I mean, what where does evil enter the, into, into the calculations of, of any of you? I know. Uh, well, uh, Chris, go ahead. Well, you you got to define evil first. Uh, you know, sin is whatever it is you make it out to be, and what I might consider to be a sin, you may not consider it, or, or vice versa. Uh, it's kind of like one of the schools I was looking at where part of their application process was you had to make a statement. Uh, you had to make a vow that you wouldn't have premarital sex. And then once you got married, you would only have sex in the, in the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, minister position. The, uh, uh, so, you know, to them, that was a set. And the obviously other that? Well, uh, I can't even remember the name of the right. school. Uh, I, obviously, I didn't apply for it, but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I wouldn't have fit. <laughs> uh, a sin is what it is, whatever it is you just define it to be. Then there are laws. It's against the law to jaywalk. Is it a sin to jaywalk? Well, that all depends. Maybe you consider jaywalking to be a sin, and other people don't. But well, we not to interrupt, but I'm not talking about sin. I mean, sin, sin is theologically is missing the mark. I'm talking about the wanton destruction and, of, of human life by other humans. Again, you have to define what is evil. Now, I think just about all of us can agree that the uh, the bit at the elementary school, that, that, is, that is something that we can't conceive of being anything but evil. Mm -hmm. we, I, I, I think we can all agree on that. But other things, you know, you, the, the amount of violence in this country has actually gone way down in the last 20, 30 years. I will agree with out, that. If you take out the high crime neighborhoods of the United States, the crime rate in the United States is the lowest crime rate, the violent crime rate is the lowest in the world. You're safer. For the size of the population, yes. 
Well, when you when you consider the number of violent crimes per person, the United States is the safest country in the world outside of the violent crime neighborhoods. Define evil and then and then convince me that the amount of evil is going up. Okay, well, we have two minutes can I, left. So I don't... Can I jump in here? Yeah, please. You, you, uh, and, and of course, you're referring to the, the, the tragedy in the school in Newtown, Connecticut, well, recently. Things, and, and that certainly, I, w- I would define that as evil. But, you know, that, that's really not, uh, I hate to say this, that's really not unusual. If you, uh, if you know the, the very intricate history of, of the United States insofar as, uh, let's say, the Native Americans were concerned, um, they, they were murdered almost for sport. Uh, yes. In some parts of the United States, in Pennsylvania, uh, right up until 1850, uh, you got if you brought an Indian scalp to a, a county office, you were rewarded for it. You know, you could just go out and kill women and children, which they did. In California, during the gold rush, uh, well, maybe this has more to do with testosterone than anything else. <laughs> there weren't many uh, ladies around for the men to uh, vent their uh, testosterone-laced bodies with. So they went out and they, they slaughtered the Indians. I mean, they, they virtually slaughtered the Indians who were very peaceful. They'd been made peaceful by the, uh, the Spanish monks who came up and, and built uh, missions along the California coast. But the, the, the gold rush, uh, you know, the guys, the 49ers, just went out and killed them literally for sport. They went out and said, hey, let's get, let's get a few Indians tonight. Yeah. Well, with that I, cheerful thought, I'm afraid we're going to have to call a gentleman. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you both. And I always, as always, I wish we had more time. But uh, I, maybe we'll, we'll come back and talk about uh, some other issues that also are, are uh, relevant to this topic. As long as it's not 2012. No, no, no. no. no we're, 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 we're beyond that now. Okay. Yes. So anyway. But, I, but, uh, I bet we're not. Well, <laughs> uh, certainly, Dr. Chris Keating and Dearline, thank you so much for being with us. And we, uh, we always have great discussions, and we will uh, be talking to you soon. Thank you. Okay, very good. Ready. So uh, do we have any announcements first? Yeah, just the start? usual ones here. We're going to do our promos. Uh, certainly, uh, you can see my books and probably – and certainly the two books of our two authors this evening as well, uh, which would be uh, Dialogues on 2012 and – also, uh, the uh, Heaven's Wave. Wave, you can see uh, Barnes and uh, I don't know about Nook, but you can see them on Kindle. I know the Amazon Kindle. And also check out our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. And uh, also there are links to our guest sites in there, which we did not have time to uh, announce on the air. But so check many those thanks out. to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we will see you right here next week, January 20th, when my dad and I will take the hour to take you on a tour of Phantom Places, one of the least understood areas of the paranormal. In the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time Show on WON, 1240 a.m. on com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. And check out the almost 450 podcasts of past shows at www.behindtheparanormal.com. They're all free. All right. We leave you this evening with a quote, or actually a thought, from British author Virginia Woolf. Growing up is losing some illusions in order to acquire others. Keeping in the cheerful tone of our show tonight. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time.